There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America uh, for another what's going to be another fascinating episode today with, with Tom Campbell. We're going to talk about business consciousness, and this is a, a part two because we had Tom on the show talking about uh, um, about business consciousness and uh, My Big Toe, which is uh, Tom's uh, incredible book, uh, which is called is My Big Picture uh, Theory of Everything. And so we're going to talk to Tom again in just a, just a minute, and we're going to continue on from um, what I thought was, a, was an amazing conversation about a month ago. So I um, just want to say now a big thank you to my guest last week, to Farron Drury, MBE. Uh, Farron talked about how to be, put your best self forward, how to be the best version of you, and uh, had an incredible story, uh, how he transformed himself and all the lessons that he's now teaching to royalty, to with World Cup winning football teams, with uh, all sorts of people around the world, and lots of tips and ideas and thoughts for you. So if you're feeling right now that you need um, a bit more energy and you need a little bit more focus and drive, I'd recommend go back and listen to that interview with Farron. So I'm going to get straight on to now talking with Tom, because with Tom, Tom's got such uh, wisdom that it's great to have time to uh, Tom's a physicist. He spent uh, in background. He spent ten years working as a senior analyst in military technical intelligence, and twenty years developing U.S. missile defense systems. And then he uh, went and worked as a, an expert consultant, uh, generating risk analysis for for NASA. But in addition to that, and in parallel, he spent forty-five years as a consciousness researcher, exploring the properties, boundaries and abilities of consciousness. And then all of that um, work um, was uh, and thinking um, was put into uh, a trilogy called My Big Toe, My Big Th Picture Theory of Everything. And I know Tom and his organization are having a huge impact now around the world with uh, the thinking out of this and, and lessons and learning which are just right for the world right now. Uh, again, I'd like to say a thank you to Jessica Richards who introduced me to Tom and his incredible organization, to, uh, to Donna and uh, Keith and, and the team. And uh, if you want to listen to Jessica's interview, which was about, about transforming your beliefs and cut, getting rid of those limiting beliefs, which was really well, uh, real um, uh, sort of fed back in terms of uh, people loving that interview, you can go into uh, Voice America site and you can uh, look down the guest list for Jessica Richards. So if you haven't listened to part one, then obviously feel free to go into the archive and listen to it. You can also find there's 15 key lessons and learnings from the interview on my website at chriscooper.co.uk if you go into the news section. But a short recap. Last time, we discussed Tom's innate drive to be a scientist and also study consciousness. Uh, the latter being inspired by his experiences as a child, um, some out-of-body experiences, and his meditation experience at university. He met a successful on on entrepreneur at Rowe, and they began experimenting with consciousness in parallel to this highly uh, successful physics career. 
Last time we discussed um, why non-physical experience is a very common phenomena, how science with its individual disciplines misses the big picture and how Tom's work solves the paradoxes in physics and biology. We also talked about how our human choices have consequences and the constant struggle we have as humans between acting with fear or with love. That we're individuated units of vast consciousness and why the quality of our being expresses the correctness of our understanding. We talked about technology. This is all in an hour, and uh, and, and 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 the race that's going on right now, and how um, it's important to be utilising this wisely, and how meditation is the best way to get acquainted with your consciousness. Uh, we talked about letting go, limiting beliefs, eradicating fears, and we touched on some business elements, which we're going to focus on today: the importance of big picture thinking and strategic planning, having a deep understanding of our people and also access to accurate information through intuition. So a huge welcome to my guest again today, Tom Campbell. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Chris. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Let's get on with it. Absolutely. Lovely to talk to you. So what's been happening in Tom's world since we last spoke? Oh, Tom's world's a very busy place. Uh, a lot has been going on. Um, I've given a couple of, uh, um, internet courses since then, uh, met a lot of people, probably had, uh, 10,000 emails, <laughs> <laughs> just a lot happens in a, in a month, uh, on my, uh, on my watch. It's a, it's a busy life, even though I'm retired, actually I'm retired four times over, but I find out now that I've retired for the fourth time. I'm even busier than I was when I was punching a clock and, uh, getting paid. I bet, I bet you are, because you, you, you should just explain that you, you run lots of kind of immersives and sort of weekend events and things for people to really absorb uh, your wisdom. Did you want to just say something about that for, you know, for I anybody do. who's thinking? Well, yes, I, I do. You know, with my model that I have, which is it's a, it's a toe, theory of everything. So that's a model of everything. That means it explains your, your uh, subjective life, as well as the objective world of uh, physics and biology and, and chemistry. So when I, when I offer my model, I tell people that don't believe it. Belief is the problem. You know, we get trapped with our beliefs. When we believe something, then we can't, we can't process information that's contrary to that belief. We tend to deny it or make excuses for it. Um, Anyway, so as I tell people, don't believe it. You have to experience it. If it's not your experience, it's not your truth. Well, then they say, hey, Tom, well, then help us experience it. You know, give us some training. Give us some, some options. Give us some things to do. Uh, teach us how to experience this. And uh, then we will decide on our own whether your model actually uh, is something we can hang our experience on. So I do that. I give these seminars and I give weekend retreats and I do online courses and so on. And uh, generally, it's very well received. I usually try to keep it within about, well, the largest ones I've had have been about 100 people. That's just a little too big. I like to keep it down around maybe uh, 60, 70 people so that uh, everybody gets the personal attention that they, that they need. But they're fun. I'm enjoying it. And uh, everybody seems to be learning a lot. So so on goes my day and my month and, uh, and my weeks, you know, they're, they're just busy, full of, it's full of things. I get huge amounts of email and too much for me to actually process it. So I do what I can and having a lot of fun doing it. 
Uh, well, it certainly certainly shows. And if uh, if people want to go to mybigtoe.com, I know there's there's lots of resources there. They can see all the all the videos with and, and the interviews with thousands of listens and and find out more about your courses and and programs. So, Tom, I'm, I want to talk about business today. And the thing I'm really mindful of right now is that you know it's been said that 95% of the things people worry about never happen. But I just wonder if that has changed right now. And also for organizations for individuals in business who are worried about you know where, where further business is going to come from worried about the, the markets uh, international trade uh, worried about uh, whether they're going to be able to employ their staff how do you overcome fear to enable you to move forward productively okay dealing with fear requires more of a change in perspective than anything else. You know, you talk about 90% of the things people worry about never happen. Well, I doubt that that ratio will ever change very much. (laughs) Fearful people and worry warts will never run out of things to worry about. And if they did, they'd simply make something up to serve their needs. Uh, Our worries are both profuse and not very accurate because they emanate from our fear, our ego our beliefs, and all three of those are largely irrational. So one overcomes fear by developing a deeper understanding within a bigger picture. One learns to understand causes instead of symptoms, to know the difference between what can be changed and what cannot, what matters and what does not. So it's more of a perspective change. It's more of an attitudinal change of being able to see things um, kind of as they are, as opposed to the way we want them to be or a way we're afraid that they are. So do we need to protect ourselves, Tom, from all of this, this, this constant barrage of media, uh, which is going on 24-7 and uh, almost operate a little bit within our own bubble to, and, to, and to reframe everything such that we, we feel positive and energized to move forward? Yes, exactly. Um, you know, we have to not be lost in the weeds while we're trying to see the bigger picture, while we're trying to look at, you know, we're trying to see the difference between what's a symptom and what's a cause. We often spend a lot of time spinning our wheels about symptoms. Oh, look at this. This is this way. This is that way. What are we going to do? But if we understood the causes, then we can deal with those symptoms pretty well. We know what's coming. We can anticipate things. So that understanding of of causes requires a bigger picture. You have to really see how things work. What is the what you know, what are the forcing functions? What are the underlying principles that that are driving the action in the marketplace and you know and elsewhere? And how you know do we interact with those things in a way that our business remains successful? and profitable, because if a business is not profitable, then it ceases to exist. So profit is an important part of, you know, of a business. But that requires understanding. And understanding doesn't come from fear. Fear is not a thing that helps us. I mean, many people think that that's not true. They say, oh, fear is good, you know, because I fear um, the unknown, you know, I'm extra careful because I fear you know, the bears in the woods, I don't go out walking in the woods because I fear death. I don't jump off cliffs. But that's not true. Fear does not protect you. 
being informed, understanding, having big pictures protects you. Fear always just gets in the way. You don't walk in the woods where the bears are because you're smarter than that. But if you do have to walk in the woods where the bears are, then you understand what makes bears uh, act the way they do. You, you know, do you stare at them or do you never look at them? Do you, uh, you know, do you run or do you stay put? Do you move slowly or do you move quickly? There's all sorts of things. You can have pepper spray. You can have air horns. If you're, if you're prepared, you can deal with most things or at least raise your probability of being successful in most things. You don't always know exactly what to do, but you can raise the probability of your success by being prepared and by understanding at a deep level. Being fearful just gets you into trouble. It doesn't really keep you out of trouble. It gets you into trouble. When you're fearful, then you do silly things like run when you see the bear. That means you're acting like prey or you smell fearful, which means you smell like prey. So the fear makes you do all the, you know, the, the wrong things at the wrong time. Yeah. So, so what you should do is you, you need to need to understand that bigger picture and, uh, and, and keep, keep learning, which I think is what I've found with your, your work, uh, Tom, my reading, it's really helped me to get a, a bigger perspective that, that far beyond me and my clients and uh, if my kind of industries that I work in, the bigger perspective of maybe how I fit in uh, into the overall system and, and some of the, the rules within that system. And uh, you're talking mm. about big picture there. And I want to just, to, there was three components we're going to talk about today. And the first one, when it comes to business is about creating, communicating that big picture vision, purpose, and sort of strategic plan. You know, why is this so important uh, for a business? Well, not only does it allow them to understand causes instead of symptoms, which allows them to have some predictive capability, but it's important to stay in the long term, you know, keep your mind on the long term view and don't get stuck in the short term. If we worry too much about what's going to happen in the next uh, in the next quarter, then we miss the big trends. We miss the big picture. We miss the big understanding. So it, it helps you see causes. It keeps you from getting stuck in the short term and it helps you avoid unintended consequences. That big picture lets you see how things are connected. It's not just um, you know the details of what's going on now, but the bigger trends, the bigger the bigger curves that underlie the smaller things that are in the that are in the little picture. You know, you have to understand yourself. That big picture is also a big picture of yourself, who you are and what you are. What are your goals? Why are you actually there? What's your business about? You know, at a deeper level, not just at the superficial level. Yeah, it's about making money, but it's got to be about a whole lot more than that. And how do you and your business fit into the whole picture? You know, how, what is your connection in this reality? How do you fit into the big picture of business, the big picture of culture, the big picture of just being a, you know, a decent human being, you know, all of these are part of that bigger picture. And you kind of have to understand how you fit into all of that. Where's your, where's your spot? What's your, what's your niche? What really are you, are you uh, there for? I always remember Tom, uh, many years ago, I think it's about 15 years ago, a very trusted mentor said to me that the, that uh, Chris, the consciousness we plan from is more important than the plan. 
And I just wonder whether you had any thoughts on that, because it feels like you're talking about this planning yes. with, with a greater degree of consciousness. Exactly. That's absolutely true. Your mentor, your mentor was a wise man. You know, high quality plans can only come from a high quality of consciousness. If you're fearful, if you don't understand, if you're stuck in a little picture, you know, then your plans are not going to be very good. They're not going to work out. They won't have the depth. They won't have the quality. So high quality plans can only come from a high quality of consciousness. So the first step then is to get a high quality of consciousness. And that's about you. It's not about uh, others so much as it is you have to develop your own mind, your own consciousness, your own integrity, your own ethics, your own reasons why you're there. You know? And until that's clear, then everything else will be fuzzy and your plans will always be um, you know, not very good ones, things that uh, kind of lead you in the wrong direction and then you back up and try again and then you back up and try again and it's a lot of trial and error rather than really going forward uh, with knowledge and understanding. Yeah. I, I certainly, I, I work with a, a lot of companies and help them, their leadership to develop their businesses and um, develop their leadership, develop their people and build really engaged workplaces. And I often find with, with companies, it's very easy that, uh, you know, something like COVID happens and everything goes out the window and suddenly that's immediately thinking about costs and then they're laying people off. And it's, it's a knee jerk reaction, isn't it? That uh, with maybe not having sat there and eradicated the fear and then made some sensible decisions? Yes, you, uh, it's better not to rush decisions. You know, if you, if you are, if you feel too rushed in your decision process, you have a much higher probability of not doing well. On the other hand, the bigger your picture and the more you understand things, then the more quickly you can come to conclusions. So those two things, you know, have to have to balance. Even with a big picture, you have to, um, you know, you have to approach with detachment. You you have to be open and skeptical about all the possibilities. You have to think about, uh, uh, you know, the short term. Of course, everybody has to think about what they're going to do tomorrow and what they're going to say today. But you have to think longer and harder about the long term. Um, in general, I find that when you're planning and when you're trying to understand things and come up with answers to hard problems, it's better if you don't pursue the answer, but let the answers come to you. You can't push the creative intuitive process. You have to remain skeptical of all the tentative conclusions you come to. And the process of coming to those answers really never ends. It's not a, well, I'll take 10 minutes and come up with an answer and then I'm done. I won't revisit it. You have to constantly revisit, constantly adjust, constantly see if the data and the evidence that you're getting is, uh, you know, does that change your mind? Should you have made, you know, a different decision? So it's not that you're not sure of yourself and constantly second guessing. It's that you're constantly open and allowing for situations and decisions to change as the evidence comes in as to how your decisions are, are working. And is this also, I've got about three minutes to commercial break now, but is this also about 
it's about allowing information to come from you from this this, this consciousness that we're part of. I, I love, uh, there's a book by a guy called Charles Barker, and that there's a quote in it that I sticks in my mind, which said that, um, you know, ideas are seeking a home as much as you're seeking them. And I just wondered if you, if you take that relaxed, more relaxed approach, whether, whether some of the answers will naturally come to you through, we're going to talk a bit later on about intuition, um, but if we're stressed and we're fearful, it seems to cut off the ability for those to arrive. It does indeed. You have to do all your thinking. All your, all your thinking needs to come from a place of calm and detachment. You have to let go of that fear. And as I said, you have to be both open and skeptical about all the possibilities. And when you're in that calm uh, space of, of detachment, Answers can come to you. The aha moments will occur. Your understanding will blossom. And that's the intuitive side. And yes, it would be good if we talked about that intuitive side a little bit because it's a side that most people don't really understand. You know, we look at our intuition and we say, well, yeah, do I really have intuition or is those just guesses? And can I rely on it? Is that intuition something that I can take to the bank? Or is that just you know, me talking to myself and tricking myself into what it is I, I want to know, coming up with the results my, my ego feels good about? Well, no, there is such a thing as intuition, and it can be just as accurate and just as reliable as can logic if you develop it. I think this this whole area of understanding, where we talk a lot about why the, the why of a business and having that clear that clear vision and those clear plans is it, it's so important. And I, I still you know meet organisations who don't have that in place and they they shift around and move around. And what you find is actually that the leaders aren't as engaged and aren't as uh, deeply engaged with the business, so their energy passes through to the organization who aren't clear as to where they're heading. There's, it, it's so important, isn't it, to get that, you know, that foundation, that, that big why, that very clear vision, values, and ensure that's communicated through your people. Um, and we're going to uh, come on after the break and talk about, about people, and then we're going to talk about intuition. But we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one -one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You 
tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Tom Campbell. And we were talking during the break, uh, Tom and I, about... You know about. Well, I was just saying how important some of these uh, ideas and these this, these um, premises that that Tom talks about about the importance of of, of uh, consciousness, about um, about pr- profitability and entropy, of love and fear, um, working within these. And Tom was also talking to me about um, the importance, you know, of understanding yourself. So, do you just want to say a few words about that, Tom? Yes, we we often neglect. Uh, really understanding ourselves. And without understanding ourselves, it's really hard to understand others or even understand your business. You know, how can you manage others? How can you manage your business if you can't manage yourself? So it begins, you know, that knowing, that uh, that calm detachment, uh, letting go of fear, being open and skeptical and, you know, concerned, you know, looking at all the possibilities. That has to start with self. And once you really know who you are and what you're about and what defines success for you and what defines, you know, where you want to go with your life, then everything else becomes a lot clearer. So I would encourage people to take the time to learn something about their consciousness, learn something about who they are and what they are and where they come from and what really is under the hood and what's driving your choices and work on that for a while because that will make everything else you do easier and more profitable for you. And that profitable isn't necessarily in terms of money, but more profitable for you. Yeah. I think uh, I completely and utterly agree with, and the, the challenge is if you if you don't keep on doing that inner work, you know who you're being, particularly if you're leading an organisation or in, in in important roles in there, it has a has a ripple effect, doesn't it? Every little communication that you have with others, uh, every way that you 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 treat people, um, your ability to have clarity about where you're kind of heading, those things have a, a ripple effect, don't they? That right across the organisation, and and mm. and can confuse, can't they? And cause that problems with entropy if you don't get clear. Absolutely. If you don't understand yourself and, and who you are, then when you interact with other people, you're going to leave them wondering as to you know where you're coming from and what's going on. And they will start guessing and second guessing. And uh, they inevitably will be guessing sometimes right and sometimes wrong. And it just causes dysfunction all the way through the organization. That's what we talk about is corporate cultures. And that culture starts you know, with the guy at the top. He kind of sets the tone of that culture. And new people come in and they get acculturated to that business. And if that culture is dysfunctional, well, that business is just it's like, uh, you know, working with uh, one arm tied behind its back. It's just dysfunctional. And it all starts at the top. Yeah. I, I think I, I think we're talking about people now. And I, I'll never forget when I graduated and my first ever postgraduate job, I remember a sales director was retiring and he walked over to my desk and I was literally in my first two weeks. And he said, Chris, I'm finishing my, my career this week and you're starting yours. Can I share one piece of information, my key learning from my career with you? And I said, yeah, sure. And he said, Chris, 
people at everything and then he just walked away and left me with it for 30 years <laughs> but that has really shaped me and it is so important isn't it because people people are you know the people are what makes a business and generally what we're in business for hopefully other things too biodiversity etc but people are essential aren't they Absolutely. You know, and as we just said, by if you understand yourself, then that's a good start. But you also have to care enough uh, to understand who and what and why all the people that you have to work with, you know, who are they? You know, what are they? Why are they there? What makes them tick? What makes their choices? What pushes them to do the things they do? And you have to learn how to work cooperatively with people instead of bullying, pressuring, manipulating them into, you know, your own vision of how they should be. You have to deal with them as who they are and work with that who they are in a way that it's a win-win for both you and for them. Um, you know, one of the big problems with uh, the visions that some um, businessmen have of their employees is that their employees are basically a cog in their machine, their business machine. And if they see people as just a, a cog in the machine, then they're missing out on probably 75% of the productivity that those people could have. So it's your, it's, again, it's your viewpoint. It's your beliefs. If you believe they're just there to, you know, to do what you tell them to do, then you're not going to get very much out of them. If you, look at them as individual people and see their hopes, their, their needs, their uh, frustrations, uh, what it is they're trying to make of their lives and find a way to fit that into your business. Now you'll find somebody who's not only creative, but also a problem solver and who doesn't mind going that extra mile when it's, when it's required. I've met many people in my career, Tom, who have got, we all have different kind of profiles of where we're naturally in our flow doing our work. And, uh, and I met people who are probably an opposite profile to me because I, uh, hope I'm very people orientated, who are more uh, more detailed than me and more focused in on the numbers. And um, I also remember when my wife was giving birth to our first child, and we had a a nurse who was in taking taking data all the time. She was looking at the numbers, and she wasn't looking at my wife. And my wife was getting sicker and sicker, and eventually I've seen double. I'm really feeling terrible, but she was looking at the numbers. She wasn't looking at her, and it got to a point where we had to had to kind of get a, get a quickly get a consultant in who walked in and said, "Oh my goodness, she's got preeclampsia. Get get her into surgery quickly." But that nurse hadn't taken the hadn't hadn't t- taken the view of actually looking at the person. She was just looking at the numbers, and that can be very dangerous, can't it? That can be very dangerous. That's that big picture we were talking about, that the nurse didn't have the big picture. They were caught up in the little picture. And business, it's easy to get caught up in the little picture because day to day, there's like, you know, you spend your your attention and put your focus on, you know, the, the nearest alligator to you, you know, in the swamp. You know, you don't worry too much about, you know, the bigger swamp and the other alligators. You just kind of deal with the one that's uh, most menacing. So that uh, focus on the immediate problem of the day can undermine your ability to do strategic planning, uh, you know, big picture thinking, uh, see trends coming. 
you can get uh, overwhelmed by daily things, little picture things, that the big picture starts to become lost in the noise and the hubbub and the commotion and the emotion of that little picture. But, you know, there's, there's really only, you know, it, as far as people go, there's three components to business. And one of them is the leader and, you know, the businessman that's in charge. And two are employees and three are customers, the people who buy the things you make or use the services you provide. And that's all about people. And you have to see your employees in terms of, of human beings, not cogs. And you have to see your customers in terms of human beings, not just people who buy products, people to be manipulated to you know, give you some of their money. So it's having the right attitude, the right perspective is probably one of the most important things you can, you can spend your time doing. And that will happen as you learn who you are and why you're there. You know, what's your point and what are your goals? Are they goals about your own growth, your own development as a human being? How much happiness, how much joy, how much, uh, um, you know, um, satisfaction you find in life? Or is it about, you know, how much money you can, you can put in the bank under your company's name? You know, what is it that you are trying to accomplish? And that will change how you see everything. And, th- and this, when it comes to people and, and engaging an organization, I, you know, I'm starting to see myself as someone who comes in to try and eradicate and remove fear out of an organization and bring more kind of love and compassion because it ripples through. Is, is that a, the right approach to, to, to really get people on board and to galvanize an organization? Yes, of course. What you're doing there is, is uh, showing people Uh, more possibilities than they were first thinking of. You know, we tend to be limited in our thinking. We think about the things we've done before. We think about the things that are immediately in front of us screaming to be done. But there may be a lot of other possibilities, ways to to move forward, approaches to take, uh, things to understand that we just miss. And really the job of the consultant is to come in and point out these other possibilities, other roads, other, other approaches. And, you know, that's what, that's what coaches do. You know, they, they allow people to see bigger pictures by helping them expand the choices that they have. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't agree more. Any thoughts on, on, you know, uh, on hiring great people and developing them? Well, yes. You know, basically, what you need to do is get the very best people you possibly can and make that a priority. Don't skimp on, uh, you know, uh, checking up on references and that sort of thing. Spend some time getting the very best people. And once you've found what you think are the very best people, then you need to probably pay them in consonance with being the very best people. You'll have to pay them a little more but then let them do what they do. Don't find somebody who's really a great at this and they're an expert, and then you stand there and tell them what it is you want them to do. 
you brought them on because they have the ability to make good choices and good decisions themselves, then you have to back up and let them do that. So you have to give them space to express their own knowledge. So you get people who have that capability and then you, yes, give them guidance, but you also get out of their way and, and listen to them and guide them and keep, track of the big picture keep control of the big picture but as much as you can do not micromanage and do not run everything you come to the conclusion that you have to run everything otherwise it won't get done right then you're not going to do very well in that leadership position it teams require team efforts it can't be just a few people and everybody else is just a laborer that doesn't work I like that because also you can become exhausted and uh, and overloaded, can't you? If you're trying to do everything Abs- and make all the decisions, absolutely. You know, if you're at the if you're the top guy and you have to work, uh, you know, sixteen hours, you know, a day to keep up with things, you're probably trying to do too much. You probably have your hand in too many pies, and you're uh, you're not allowing your people. To, you know, to shine, to, to bring to you the, you know, the experience and the knowledge that they have. And if everything has to be filtered through your mind and your vision, then that's a very narrow, you know, uh, you know that's the narrow place in the, in the pathway. That's something everybody else now has to figure how to get through that narrow space so that the boss likes it rather than being able to come up with better ideas and more innovative approaches. To talk about ideas there and, and kind of accessing them, let's talk a bit about intuition. What is, what is it and why is it just so important to business? Well, intuition you know, is something that most people just don't understand very well. I think I mentioned that earlier. It's something that, that most people feel is there. They sometimes have good intuitions about things, but they find it difficult to kind of believe in it or trust it. It's sometimes right. It's sometimes wrong. It sometimes comes out of their ego. It sometimes comes out of their fear and it sometimes just pops out of nowhere. And they, they tend to trust their intellect a lot more than they trust their intuition. Well, that's because in our culture, and that's, I just would say, is Western culture, and Western culture is pretty well becoming world culture, particularly in the area of business. In our culture, the intellect is highly prized. The intellect is the thing that gets you right answers. It's the thing that solves problems. So we have spent our entire lives from kindergarten on honing and developing our intellects, reading, understanding, going to school, practicing, all this time spent on developing our intellect, our ability to see core issues and so on. And we spend absolutely no time developing our intuition. So the average person has this intellect that they have, that they have developed over decades and decades and an intuition that they really don't even know exactly what it is and where it comes from. The fact is, and many will find this astonishing, but if you develop that intuition, it can be just as accurate and just as reliable as that intellect. And that intuition has access to a huge 
amount of information because we are consciousness first. That's who we are. We're an individuated unit of consciousness, and there is much information available at the level of consciousness that's not available at the level of intellect. So there's more to you. There's more to your mind than just an intellect. You have more depth and more breadth to your consciousness than you probably are aware of. And in that depth and breadth, intuition, information, understanding of future probabilities, understanding of, of, uh, of people and how they're feeling and what they're thinking and what their issues are, what their buttons are, and so on, how to get the most out of them. All of this is available to you through intuition, but you have to develop it. And if we all spend as much time developing our intuition as we have developing our, our, our logical side, our intellectual side, then we would have all this information at our fingertips because the, informa- the, the, the intuition has a huge database of information that's within consciousness, but it has kind of a problematical interface. That is, we have to become uh, calm and quiet and dispassionate. We have to get rid of fear and get rid of ego and beliefs because they'll all get in the way. So we have to develop ourselves in order to develop this this intuition. Um, On the other hand, the logic of the intellect it has a very precise process, which is logic, that's its process, but it almost never has enough information. When you're trying to solve problems deductively with logic, you're stuck usually with 10 or 15% of the information you need for a deductive solution. So it just doesn't work. So you end up taking guesses, hunches, you know, you know, look at this, look at that, go back to your experience and say, well, I think I'll go this way. And we go off on that. But that's not really intuition. That's just guessing. Intuition actually has resources, information about self, about others, about future probability. It has a huge database that it can work from. And that information can be, like I say, reliable and accurate and, and there whenever you want it. People rely on that intuition, but typically It comes when it comes, and it doesn't come when it doesn't. They don't have any control over it. Sometimes intuition is a a great help to them, and sometimes it it doesn't work out. So that's the the deal about intuition, something that will open up the world of consciousness to you so that you can use it to help be more profitable, more successful. And again, profit isn't just money. Profitable as a human being, successful as a human being, successful as a leader, successful in dealing with people and seeing big pictures. That intuition is great at seeing big pictures. Excellent. Tom, we've got about sort of four minutes, something before I need to wrap up, but how do we access that intuition? Um, We access that intuition, you know, with our consciousness. We have to first become clear. We can't have thoughts running through our mind going this way and that way. If we have lots and lots of thoughts running through our mind, then that's noise. So first you need to have a clear mind. Most people find clarity through the, um, through the effort of meditation. Meditation is a great uh, uh, tool for developing mental clarity. 
In meditation, you simply learn to be still and not think of anything. Empty your mind. And once you're good at emptying your mind of stray thoughts, now you can put into your mind a particular subject or problem or issue, and you'll have clarity with that issue that you wouldn't have before. You will have stilled the noise, and now you think of it as a different level. So that's then called focus. When you can focus on something and be entirely open to the possibilities. If you're not open to the possibilities, if your ego and your beliefs say, well, it has to be like this and has to be like that, then the intuition will never come. You have to be open to all the possibilities with detachment. You can't already come with pre, you know, with, with, with a, an idea of what the answer is going to be. And now you just want to confirm it to make yourself feel better. That's just your ego talking. You need to truly be open. So learning how to meditate, learning how to get to know your own consciousness, learning how to clear the noise and then focus on a particular thing with openness and no preconceived notions. That is how you approach your intuition. That's how you begin to get acquainted with it. But it takes time. You can't, just like the intellect takes time. You know, you, you couldn't take somebody that was raised by, you know, wolves in the woods, you know, for the, for the poetic example, and expect them to become intellectuals, you know, in a couple of weeks. It's the same with intuition. It takes a lot of time and practice, but you can, you know, there's no better time to start than now. And within a few months, your intuition can improve tremendously and you can begin to rely on it and trust it and uh, you know it has like i say access into things that you and your intellect do not have access to to information that is beyond physical information consciousness exists beyond physical beyond just what's in your uh, awareness not only in your subconscious but beyond that consciousness is a is an information field and it's loaded with the kind of information that a good businessman can use if he just knows how to to get to it and, and use it and access it. It's fascinating, Tom, because anybody who's is out there listening at the moment and isn't really utilizing intuition and is either in, in, a, in a significant role or, um, or intends to make a, a huge difference, what we're saying here is that they're missing out on on so much potential wisdom that's available to them just by possibly having um, the belief that uh, meditation's maybe a bit woo-woo or something like that. But I, I would imagine with your, your experience, you know, what you can do if you, do, if you start doing this and start learning how to meditate and you see for yourself because you start to see results, don't you? Yes. Well, you, know, you just mentioned evidence and, and wisdom. Evidence is good. Evidence is necessary. The intellect needs evidence that is understanding. It needs the facts. But remember, wisdom is not primarily based on evidence. Wisdom takes in rational evidence, but goes beyond rationality in how it interprets that evidence. So what I'm talking about, I guess, is more in the in the in the realm of wisdom, often that wisdom has a very strong intuitive character to it. It's not just an intellect crunching evidence. It's a mind, a consciousness taking the evidence and also interpreting it intuitively to come up with big picture answers and understandings.
Tom, fantastic. I, I, I hope you know, really hope we're going to come and join us again and we can explore intuition even further and how, how to do that uh, sometime in, 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 the, in the future. But it's always just fascinating talking with you. I just wonder, we've got about, about 30 seconds for this. Do you have a final message that you'd like to leave us with? Well, a 30-second message. Let's see. Something short. I would say that personal integrity is more important than personal money that success should be measured by what you have given, not by what you have taken for yourself. It should be measured by your contribution and not just a contribution to yourself and your family, but your contribution to the world, your contribution to humanity. That is how, in the bigger picture, you define success. Oh, I love it. Thank, thank you so much, Tom. And uh, if you want to view um, Tom's fascinating resources, I'd really recommend you go to mybigtoe.com. Uh, you can also find on there part one of this interview as well. I'm sure part two soon. Uh, and uh, I really recommend some of those um, absolutely fascinating. And uh, I enjoy listening to those in my spare time as, as well uh, and learning from them. And on next week's show, we have Saray Kamala. Uh, she was the first South African woman of color. Uh, to summit Everest. She did that on a fourth attempt and has also done lots of other expeditions. But uh, it's just a fascinating lady to talk to in this, uh, uh, in this world at the moment. And uh, I'm really looking forward to having that conversation with her. But once again, a huge thank you to, uh, to Tom Campbell and, and his team, including Donna and Keith. And uh, if you've got any questions or comments on this, you know, please come to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Obviously, there's, there's Tom's team as well. Um, but this is important work. This is uh, work that uh, we, you know, I would so recommend that you all do to, to help work on your own consciousness. Uh, Tom's inspiring me to do that sort of day in, day out, and just keep on, keep on chipping away at that. Because when you do that, so much more possibility uh, seems to arise. So, Tom, it's been wonderful to talk to you again today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Chris, for the opportunity. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.